0: Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the "Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff" podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Before we begin with our really wonderful interview today with Rebecca Rosen, is in the house. I'm so excited! But before we begin, let's go ahead and take a golden pause to get very grounded and present in our bodies. So, go ahead and uncross your legs if you're seated in a chair, and if you're seated Indian style. Just lean back against something, but get comfortable. Um, But don't fall asleep. So, And if you're doing something else like cooking, gardening, going for a walk, and you just want to listen, just use this as a deep breathing exercise to get really present in your body. So place your palms open on your lap. Close your eyes if you can, and just begin to breathe. Breathing in through your nose, allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand taking in the fullness of your breath. Exhale, release and let go. Breathing in pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. On the exhale, just let go of what doesn't serve you any longer. And breathing in pure golden sunlight through your core, through your heart, through your mind. On the exhale, just relax and sink into your breath, into your body. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. On the exhale, let go of any anticipation you feel, any kind of fear. Breathing in pure golden sunlight through your entire body, place your hand on your heart activating your heart, opening your heart and spend a moment thinking of one thing you feel grateful for. And as you think of that one thing you feel grateful for, you can breathe in that golden gratitude to every cell of your being and exhale and release and let go of what doesn't serve you. breathing in pure golden gratitude to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. Exhale, release, relax, and let go. Breathing in pure golden gratitude through your core, through your heart, through your mind. On the exhale, just continue to let go and drop inward. Breathing in pure golden gratitude to every cell of your being. On the exhale, allow that gratitude to wash over you like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. Breathing in pure golden gratitude again, filling your heart, filling your mind, filling your entire being with golden gratitude. On the exhale, allow it to wash over you again like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. And taking one last deep breath in of pure golden gratitude, on the exhale, go ahead and open your eyes. Oh, wow, <laughs> yay. So oh, good
1: yeah, Rebecca, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to get to talk to you again.
0: I know we just talked to Rebecca um for our spirit World Spirit Summit, and it was just a phenomenal conversation we had with her. And I'm just so grateful that she came back again to be on the podcast because I didn't want any of you to miss this amazing yeah. woman and what she has to share. Well, oh, thank you. Rebecca, let me just go ahead and introduce you um, to our folks. I'm sure many of them know who you are, but I'll just go ahead and read pieces of your bio so that they really get um, a, a, a true understanding of who we're talking with today. Rebecca Rosen is a spiritual medium who, for the past two decades, has served as an ambassador between the spirit world and our day-to-day world, relaying wisdom and insight from the angels, guides and those who have passed on to people seeking answers in the here and now her work, which includes private and group readings, books, online courses, large events, and a podcast small medium at large. That's her podcast empowers people to live with intention by reminding them that we are never alone, that we all have the ability to connect to our team spirit, and that we are divinely guided throughout our life journey. She's got four books. What the dead have taught me about living well, awaken the spirit within, spirited. And now her latest book, What's Your Heaven, coming out in late March. Rebecca, what an amazing journey you've been on as a human being. Um, You know, I I mean, I just, I've often just thought so much about you and mediums in general about how you're really these, you know, normal people, but you've got this extraordinary gift. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I just love for our listeners, um, to hear your story a little bit so that they can relate to your normal everyday life and how you discovered, um,
1: this medium ability that you have this mediumship. Sure. Yeah. You know, yes, we are normal, uh, whatever normal is. And, you know, the truth is we all have this ability to different degrees and, um, you know, it's it really is a skill. It's a muscle. You have to open to it. You have to work with it on a daily practice, um, and we can all develop it. You know, to have that connection not only to our own intuition, but to our departed loved ones, our angels, our guides, our pets who are on the other side. Um, and so, this all started for me. You know, back when I was just a kid. I was 19 years old. I was in college you know, I grew up in a family. We didn't talk about paranormals or psychics, you know, so this was really new territory for me. And it really came about because I was going through a depression and my departed grandmother started talking to me through my journaling and through there, my guardian angel. And needless to say, I thought I was making it up. And my grandmother, who died by suicide when I was only 10 years old, You know, she said, Look, you're going through a hard time, and we are here, your team and spirit, to support you, to help you find love and healing from the inside out. And we, you know, essentially, you know, connect with us daily. And she um, gave me three things nobody knew to call and ask my dad so that it would confirm in my mind and heart this was true. And sure enough, you can only imagine. So this was like an hour of automatic writing, just downloads it. So I had like pages and pages. So I run out of the bookstore. I called my father and he was like blown away. He had no words because the things she told me, one being when she killed herself, he found her and he never told anyone, including my mom, the details. And she told me I related to him. So long story short, it was her and she had done her work to heal um, after taking her life and she didn't want me going down the same dark road. And so that is how this all began because she gave me a program to do on a mind, body, spirit level, to heal myself, love myself. And I did it. And she said at the end of this, she said, if you can really find self-love, you will then be able to love another. And we're going to tell you what's in the cards for you in terms of your soulmate. She told me his name. She told me his birthday. She said, his name is Ryan. He's something about a rose and that his birthday was 924. And so fast forward 18 months, I was back into a really healthy, whole healed place. My mom of all people set me up with this guy and on our second date, it hit me. His name was Brian Rosen. So Ryan Rose, you drop the B, you get Ryan, you drop the NF Rosen, you get Rose So this is like back in 1999, you know, you couldn't really Google anybody. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm making this up, but I went and dug through my journals and I found the birthday. So I called him. I said, it's your birthday, September 24th. He was blown away too. He said, uh, how'd you know that you stalking me? And I'm like, no, but my grandmother is. So, and (laughs) anyways, that was my first marriage. I got married to him. And that to me though, was I needed that. I was in so much doubt, even though I was making this connection. And I got a degree in advertising once I graduated and I didn't use it because spirit had other plans. And so from there, I just said, "Okay, God, you are my publicist. I am not going to search for people. If you want me to do this, bring it to me. And so I found the courage to start doing readings out of a coffee shop. And then a few months later, a journalist was there and she put me on the cover of a big magazine and that's where my business took off. And that was 22 years ago. So
0: well, and that was so that was so before um, it was really like hip and cool or even even acceptable really to talk to mediums. I mean, people were pretty
1: scared of it then, weren't they? Oh, my gosh, it was truly scary. It was like coming out of the closet and. You know, because people like there was a lot of judgment. Honestly, there was a lot of concern for my mental health and well-being. And I don't blame people like it was new and unfamiliar. And unfortunately, mental health issues ran in my family, but it was real. And what I noticed is, you know what, even if I'm rejected, even if there's judgment, it was healing. It was helping people. And I I was willing to do it because I saw the impact it had on the handful of readings I had done in the beginning. And now I'm so grateful. It's a very common, more accepted thing. It is. And I I just want to go back and um, to something that you said
0: about what your grandmother asked you to do. What are some of the things that she asked you to do? Because I remember you said something in um, our last conversation about um, if you want to get better at this and receiving information from your guides or or from your loved ones who have passed, you have to raise your vibration. So I'm assuming what she was really showing you was that self-love and these different practices, this program that she puts you on would elevate your vibration so that you'd have even a clearer way, a clearer channel
1: within you to communicate. Is that true? That's exactly right. Yes. Um, she, you know, again, I wasn't familiar with any of this self-care and let alone spiritual practices. And so she taught me, she, she, my guardian angel, along with my grandmother, they would encourage me to meditate, which was all new to me at the time. Um, and they, so temple of the universe was, I went to Gainesville, Florida, university of Florida and temple of the universe is Michael Singer. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't he great? Oh, he wrote yeah. The Untethered Soul. Yes, that was the most beautiful book, The Untethered oh, Soul. It. I love it too. Well, so this is so crazy because back then I was going to the Temple of the Universe because a couple of friends of and I found it. It was like 30 minutes outside of Gainesville. And so they said, Go back to Temple of the Universe. And this was long before I knew who Michael Singer was. And um he, it was just an amazing energy a place to meditate and do yoga and so that's where it really began and they said get back into a yoga practice um, because I was using food as a way to stuff my feelings during my depression and and really what was going on is I was sleep eating so for six months every single night I would sleep walk into the kitchen and start eating and then I'd wake up and be like what what am I doing? I felt so out of control. And that's when I was praying. And then my grandma came to help me. So she said, you know, don't worry about the food. Don't worry about the drug of choice, focus on what you can do. And that will eventually go away because you won't feel the need to stuff the feelings. So I started getting into a regular like exercise program. I would walk every day. I'd do yoga, meditation, meditation, Clean eating. I cut out a lot of the sugar and stimulants, the caffeine, um, all the things that were putting static in my vibration, and it really did make a difference. The clean eating, clean living.
0: Yeah, I mean, the body is such the basic place that we start, isn't it? That, and I think so many people miss that. You know, yeah, you can meditate and you can do all the things, but if your body isn't um, in alignment and doesn't feel good. And, and I mean, that's, that's always go to my body when I'm not feeling inspired or I'm feeling low.
1: Exactly. I think
0: it's something I'm eating. It's something I'm drinking. It's something I'm doing or not doing um, that, that is, that is contributing.
1: And some, yes, all that is true. And sometimes it's an energetic thing. Right. And so what I learned was how to manage my energy. Like I had some friends at that time that were very toxic. I had to change my friend group. Um, you know, everything is energy vibrating at different speeds and has a vibration. And so we need to align ourselves on all levels with the highest vibrational things we can. And then when we match that energy, we match spirit energy. And that's where the miracles happen because it happens effortlessly and consistently.
0: And isn't it true that there's, when we think of our emotions, like when we think of gratitude, for example, and joy and, um, you know, what it feels like when you're watching a sunset or when you're holding somebody's hand or you're holding a baby or you're laughing and playing and you, you're really enjoying Aren't those things really important to raise our vibration too?
1: Yes. Spirit says all the time, do things that light you up, bring you joy, you know, raise your vibration that way. And it can be the simplest things, you know, watching a sunset, um, being around your grandkids or your children, um, taking a walk, being in nature. It's truly not hard, but I think so often we get so consumed with all the shoulds. And all the responsibilities that we don't always make time to honor ourselves and, and what we need to feel good and to just be and not do.
0: And isn't it powerful like how much our mind can bring us toward clarity and how much our minds can take us away from clarity? You know, the clutter, the brain clutter that can happen can really um, lower our ability and lower our vibration too. And even social media, right? Like. Social media can be both inspiring it can inspire those good endorphins by laughing i mean there's so many fun videos and things on tiktok and everywhere but also i mean social media can have a really negative impact if we spend so much time on it can't it
1: yeah it really can it can be draining um on a lot of different levels you know just any being honestly like technology all the emf energy floating around that can really you know, take a toll on our energy. That's why getting out in nature is so important. Um, But, you know, with social media, it's interesting. If you're not in a grounded, centered place, it can be very toxic because you start to then go into your ego and you go into competition and comparison and then you feel less than. And, you know, it's really important, like if you're going to use that stuff that you're in a centered, good, grounded place. So that, you know, you don't get sucked up into the illusion of all of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I find it so fascinating because, um, probably like you, the, the social media has only really served one purpose and that is to create relationship with people that wouldn't generally ever find me. And then, and, and I actually spend very little time on social media, you know, because I'm only there. For business reasons, and really in in my business, it's about service work. So I'm there to serve good content, serve a good helping of inspiration to people, let them get to know me a little bit. But I don't voyeur on social media.
1: I'm the same way. For me, it is extremely draining. And so I use it for business purposes, but personally, I'm rarely on it. And, you know, but there's no judgment in that for some people, it does raise their vibration. So you just have to check in and know yourself and then honor that. And that may look different day to day.
0: It really does. And there are some true benefits for people not to feel so isolated, especially when they're Mm -hmm. going through loss. You know, I have a a lot of um, people come to me because of the loss that I went through, as you know, I lost Richard when I was um, 43 years old and he was 45. And Mm -hmm. so, so much of my journey um, as a, in a lot of ways as a healer has been to step forward in that conversation about loss and, and recovery from loss. And I find that, you know, speaking to mediums is really, really helpful. I mean, it's super, super helpful because for me, when I lost Richard, I literally had to find him where he was, or I wouldn't have survived. Mm. I had to open myself up so much to know exactly where he was and land with him there, even for a moment, just to know that he still existed. And, and he's shown me so much of the time that he does exist. And for people who are healing through loss, um, you know, there's a lot of people that you can't trust in medium, in the medium world, but there's a lot of people you can Right. And I know, do you offer, you offer group um, readings, don't you? So that, I do.
1: yeah, I do. So I'm doing um, a lot of my small groups, which is up to eight people and everybody gets a reading and they're very synchronistically organized by spirit. There are a lot of parallels where it's like five of the eight people are going through a divorce and, it, you know, everyone can relate to something. So it's a really amazing way for connection for all of us to know we're not alone and for the spirits. They're all friends up there trying to help each other to connect to all of us. So I do offer those. I'm doing some large events coming up with my book release in different cities. Um, And as you said, there with any line of work, there's always going to be those who operate out of integrity and there will be those that operate in integrity. And you just need to use discernment, you know, and find, um, usually word of mouth is the best way, you know, because you can go on someone, you trust their experience. But when you meet with a medium, you know, like you have a, a deep sense of this person feels authentic and sincere versus, yes. you know. yeah. When
0: you, um, on our last um, interview, and you said something that Richard was saying to you um, on the interview, and he said, It was so funny. He, you were saying he's saying life is good. And I didn't have a chance to tell you on that interview that the last, first of all, Richard loved um, those shirts, the Life is Good brand. Like, I used to get really mad at him because he'd wear them everywhere, like, like everywhere. <laughs> I'd be like, You can't wear that to this event. Like, right. you have to put a real shirt on. <laughs> and then, and then he, right before he um, died, he, had gone Christmas shopping at this really cool store that had all these really beautiful, fun, whimsical things. And he had literally purchased everyone that he loved something from this store. And, and he got me several things, but one of the things he bought me was this big sign that says life is good. And so, and that was like three days before he died. So when you said that, see, that's very evidence-based and I knew exactly when you said that, um, that he was present because that's something only he and I would know. And um, and so that was really beautiful, but I wanna jump into this latest book that you've written because I'm gonna um, jump right off and get a couple of copies um, because it's, it's really powerful. I was just reading a little bit about it um, a few minutes ago and and I just want to ask you a couple of questions cuz it's called yes. What's Your Heaven. And the little blurb that you have that describes it says um, What's Your Heaven teaches you how to connect to the deepest sources of wisdom within and around you which I'm I'm assuming that you're talking about um teaching in this book about connecting to your spirit guides and your angels and and just that inner wisdom that we all have, right?
1: Yes, that is a big piece of it.
0: And so, do you um, do you first lead people to journaling, like it, because that's how you discovered it, or how do you?
1: No, um, I think every there's not a one size fits all. I think everyone is wired differently, and you have to figure out what way works for you. Um, but you know, so this book ultimately is a roadmap to helping you understand how to experience your heaven on earth now. You don't need to wait till you die. And the big misconception is that heaven is a place and it's not a place. Heaven is a feeling. Okay. It's a state of mind or state of being, just like you can create a living hell. You can create a heaven on earth. And so what I teach people to do is how to get in touch with your feelings. Okay. And then be real about it. I include Doctor David Hawkins. He wrote Power versus Force, and he has that book. I love that book. Yeah, it's a great book. Yeah, and he has in that the scale of consciousness, which has all the emotions that calibrated different vibrations, and on the bottom of that scale is shame and victim victimhood. Mm. Those are the lowest vibrations, and at the top is enlightenment and love. And so many of us are walking around in the lower vibrations, which means we're walking around in the heavy 3D, living hell, fear-based, frenetic energy. And honestly, what spirit comes through all the time saying is you can change that. And how do you change it? Well, you can't spiritually bypass it. You feel what you feel. you got to lean into that and feel it first. And then you'll find meaning in it, meaning. Then you're going to find your why behind you're stuck or struggling. And whether it's with the situation, you know, people come to me for all reasons, not just death. You know, they come to me because they're struggling in their finances or their relationship issues or their health issues or body weight issues or you name it. It can be anything. And so it's helping people figure out how do you get in touch with your feelings, not bypass it, lean in, and then how to change it how to evolve up that emotional scale and find the next best feeling because you're not going to go from, you know, A to Z it's okay. If you slowly work your way up and honestly, neutrality is a great place to be, to just be neutral, That is, you know? And so it's really helping people get in touch with the false beliefs they've been carrying around. Like I am not enough, which goes back to worthiness. Um, you know, whatever programming or conditioning you have, whether it's from early childhood, maybe you brought it in from past lives. Um, and so it's really getting touch with unhealthy patterns, toxic behaviors. You know, we find it in our spin cycle and we're like, why does this keep happening? And so the book is like, okay, it's not happening to you. You're not a victim. It's happening for you. There's a gift. There's a lesson. And so the, the idea of the book is built around earth school. We are all students in earth school and we chose these lessons, believe it or not. So before we were born, we have soul contracts and we set up certain lessons and certain people we're going to encounter part of our soul group, which is you and Richard for sure. And, you know, as you were talking, I was getting, oh my gosh, you had such a soul contract where you would pick up where he left off because he like passed the baton to you and it's your time to shine. And he's your silent partner behind the scenes. And so once you reframe it from that, you're like, I'm not a victim. We agreed to this. That takes you from victimhood to empowerment. And that's what the book is about to get you to that place where you realize you're the active co-creator. And so if you don't like the way your life's going, you can change it. Yeah.
0: I, um, there there was a time during my grief period where i real i was realizing like my whole energy was so powerful because i was so awakened and open that i was attracting all the good things and i was attracting all the bad things too <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. there there was richard had such a powerful his his karmic path overshadowed mine on on so many levels mm-hmm. and And yes, and I did, I was very aware of that soul contract. I really think I kept saying afterwards, you know what, we're going to do this the other way around next time. Exactly. (laughs) Like this was so, you know, so much bigger to have to be the one here going through loss. And even though I, you know, I did feel that he had a lot of um, sadness, even on the other side, that his life was cut short and.
1: That's a very real emotion spirits will bring through just because they're peaceful in heaven doesn't mean that's where they on some level want to be. And so they keep their energy close to this world to be with you. And, um, but what they remember sometimes that we forget because they're free of the linear thinking in the mind is that there is no division. Yeah. You, You are connected. You know, our love is a frequency. And energy, as we said, doesn't die, it just changes form. And so if you want to connect to your loved ones that have died, you have to change your frequency to match theirs. Yes. And then you line up and then miracles, magic, synchronicity, signs, dream visitations happen all the time because you are synced up.
0: I want to share a story with you because you'll really understand this story. Um, when Richard... Um, I was, I was actually on a trip, it was two years after Richard died, and I was coming home with my girls from my parents' wedding anniversary, and we were boarding a very small flight, and it was um, from Eugene, Oregon to San Francisco, so it was a very short flight in a very small plane, and when we walked up to the ticket agent, he said, um, gosh, you, you ladies aren't seated together on the flight, um, do you, do you mind? It was right around Christmas. And, and, and I said, oh, no, you know, it's a short flight. These, they're teenagers. They don't care. And he, he took it upon himself to rearrange our seats on the plane. And so when we sat down, the window seat was open to me. And I, um, when the man who was going to sit next to me, walked up to me, my girls let out a giggle and I got these chills that run up and down my spine. And, I let him, you know, I got up, I let him in. And I just had this strong feeling like, I need to talk to this guy. I have to talk to this guy. And he pulled his laptop out and started working. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to be that person. You know, I'm not going right. to talk to him. <laughs> and so then he put his laptop away on the descent of the flight. And so I opened a conversation with him and I asked him if it was a work day. And then he said, no. Oh, yes. He said, I had a meeting. And then he said, what about you? Um, And I said, yeah, it's well, kind of technically it's work day for me always. I'm a writer. And he said, oh, have you been published? And I said, well, yeah, but you might be more familiar with my late husband, Dr. Richard Carlson. He wrote Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And the man sat back in his chair and he just got visibly just, whoa, he just almost turned color. And I said, what? And he took a deep breath and he wouldn't look at me, but he took a deep breath and he said, did he die on a flight to uh, JFK a little over two years ago? And I said, yeah, he said, yeah, he said, I was on that flight. I was seated behind him on that flight. And I was the first to assist the crew in lifting his body out of the chair. And he said, I always wanted to tell you how um, peaceful he was and how peaceful he looked. And I burst into tears.
1: Oh my gosh. I have head to toe chills right now.
0: Isn't that crazy because Amazing. I just felt so that I'd always wanted to know somebody who was on that flight and you know I hadn't ever talked to anybody and and that was just Amazing. so incredibly healing for me.
1: Oh, that was such an, a great example of spirit orchestrating a synchronicity for you to bring closure and that was your husband's how much he loves you. Amazing! Yes. That's one of the coolest stories I've ever heard isn't it? It was just yeah. crazy.
0: It was just so crazy. But I want to get back to these, these life lessons. I mean, I, I've always really felt that's so true. And I, I love that whole analogy that this is earth school. It may, doesn't it make so much sense of everything when you can look at life philosophically that way, you know, it, it's like, I don't always believe that things happen for a reason, but I do believe that we have to find the reason why things happen. Oh, that's and great. That Yeah. And we find meaning and it's up to us, isn't it? To find that meaning and why things happen. And yet the answer of why does somebody die when they're young versus somebody
1: old? Well, that's the soul's
0: journey, isn't it, Rebecca?
1: It is. And it's, it's reframing how you ask things. If you say, why is this happening to me or why it, it puts you in the frequency of victim. Mm -hmm. Instead, maybe you say, what is this here to teach me? Okay and that takes it back to it's a soul lesson or life assignment. And especially if you keep having these recurring patterns like let's say you keep choosing partners who betray you or leave you. Um you could say what is this here to teach me? Why you know there's a reason it's in front of you. And so getting curious then because the whole point of earth school is to learn our lessons. And I always say, be glad you have lessons. Otherwise you wouldn't be here. Right. Right. And I think Richard honestly is such a wise, evolved soul that he did his work and he's like, I can be of greater service to more from the other side, but including you and your girls. And he's always been one foot here to be your cheerleader, to be your guide and to be your partner. So, um, that's just, we're all in this together, you know, and we're all going to leave at some point. And it's really comforting to know that there is no death. There's just transition to another form. Yeah.
0: And I, I love so much what your book points to, because it is true that our experience here on earth is so temporary. And where we go to after this is, is permanent. And what you point to is that we create and we experience wherever our frequency is, you know, in, if you're in a higher frequency, it is heaven. It is what heaven is like. And if you're in a lower frequency, that is hell. And, and we can, and we can be in both places. Can't we, we can sometimes I think about running the back end of this summit and how hellish. That was. Right. <laughs> but when I was speaking with you or when I was speaking with any of our speakers on the conversations that I got to have, I was in heaven, you know? Yeah. So it's like some days, you know, you you do things and it, 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 it feels very difficult. And other days you elevate and you do things that feel really good. And then the more that we can spend more of the time doing the things that nourish us and less of the times that don't.
1: Right, well, and, and you made a good point because why, if, if it is so blissful on the other side, why would we choose to come to earth, heavy, dense third dimension? Because honestly, most of us need the contrast to learn. So like you need to experience hellish days to appreciate beautiful heavenly days. You need to know discomfort in order to know comfort. And so this earth world provides us the playing ground to experience duality, polarity, contrast. And what Spirita keeps telling me is that, look, you're here in school, but you can do this the hard way or you can do it the easy way. And if you do it the hard way, it's pain and struggle. And if you do it the easy way, you learn your lessons through grace, joy, ease, and flow. And so that is truly up to us and how we choose to show up each day and approach our life.
0: And I love that because um, it it really does speak to that. We all have lessons, don't we? We don't get a, we don't get a,
1: there's no free pass. There's no no out of jail card, (laughs) but there's not. And the people and, and the spirit tells me often to remind people, the ones who think they're escaping it and try and, you know, run away. Whether they literally um, take their life or they're just in avoidance mode their whole life and not doing their homework, you pick up in death where you left off in life. Okay. And sometimes it is a little easier to do your work in the loving, unconditional, loving environment of the spirit realm without all the contrast and duality. Um, But it's always better to heal and clear your karma and learn your lessons in the environment in which it was originally created. You do it a lot more efficiently and faster. So whether you created it from choices in this lifetime or you brought it in from past life choices, okay? It's way better to do it here because if you're gonna take it with you into the afterlife, you're gonna have to do it there or you're gonna have to reincarnate, do it all over again. And then it's always messier and harder the next go around. Do you
0: um, believe in young souls and old souls, and how would you define that? I do.
1: Um, you know, the sign of a young soul is a lot of very self-absorbed ego, very concerned on one thing, which is self, self preservation, um, self gain. An old soul is selfless. They are. They have old soul qualities of they are here with the great compassion, a great desire and need to serve others, um, very humble, very wise. Um, there's very little ego. And so you know one when you meet one. And I work with all over the board. I work with people all over the board and spirits. And so, you know, that, but you know what? There's no judgment. We're all at different places in our soul's evolution. the The whole point is that we try and do and be better each go around each day. Okay. And, and try and, you know, find ways to make your life about more than just yourself.
0: That's beautiful. So your latest book, what's your heaven? Um, before we started our conversation, you told me about a very special offer that you're offering. If somebody um, buys the book before it's out in
1: March, which is right now yes. in the pre-order. Yeah, so if if you purchase the book or any ticket to one of my events, which includes the book, um, which everything's on my website, RebeccaRosen.com, you will be automatically invited to my virtual launch party, which is on March 30th. And so um, in that, I will be giving exclusive access to Q&A behind the scenes, whatever people want to know, they're going to find out. Oh, that's so exciting, Rebecca. Well,
0: congratulations on bringing yet another beautiful book forward for the world. And I just have to say, just every time I'm in your presence, I feel this just sense of, I just adore you. You're just adorable. And you are are doing such a great service to the world. We're so lucky um, that you've graced the earth at this time. So thank you. And Mm -hmm. I do have one question to ask. Like, what do your kids think of all this?
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I that's a great question because I have a house <laughs> full of teenagers and you know, they're back and forth. They're, they're kind of like, sometimes they can't wait to ask me my read on their boyfriend or on yeah. situation. Like my son's trying to get into USC film school right now. And so like every day it's like, mom, what are you getting? Uh, but there's other days they roll their eyes. When I say, you know, we have this thing in my house. I, I it's called two, six, eight. Cause my long story short, it just means trust your psychic mother. She knows best. And so whenever I know something, I'll wait at two, six, eight, and they do the opposite, right? Just to test the, right. Cause they don't want mom to be right. And then they find out, okay, I should have listened. So, you know, they, they're great though. And, and my kids are not, everyone asks, do they have this gift? Um, if anyone does, it's my seven, my six-year-old Haven, Um, she honestly is wiser than I am. She came in with the lights on. She's a very evolved being who's here to teach me. So maybe perhaps one day she'll work in this field. Oh my gosh. That's
0: fantastic. I've always wanted to ask you that question. So I'm glad I didn't forget. Rebecca, you're a joy. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Can't wait to read your latest book. And I know my audience is just going to love this so much. And thank you. (laughs) Thank you. It's been so great talking to you. All right, everyone, it's Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff, Christine Carlson. Come back again and share this with your family and friends. They're going to love it. Thanks for listening to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff podcast with New York Times best-selling author Christine Carlson. You're invited to join Christine at one of her upcoming retreats in California, including her popular What Now Women's Retreat at Sea Ranch and her new Revive and Thrive Mental Health and Wellness Retreat at Mount Shasta. Get all of the retreat details today at christinecarlson.com.